Hello and welcome to Rich Pickings. I'm Jo Thompson. And I'm Nina Baxter. And we are smiling because in our minds the sun is out. It has been out, hasn't it? It's been mm, out. It's made brief appearances, but it's definitely gone away again for a bit now. Oh, you can see why cats like basking in sunlight, can't you? In that sort of rays. Because I know how it feels. It's that that lovely feeling that you haven't had for ages, which is the sun on your back when you're not wearing a coat. I know. I know. Laying in the sun and getting your vitamin D, that's something I think we're all really desperate to do, aren't we? At the moment, we haven't had enough sun. It's been I've just been doing spring visits to some of my clients and it is amazing how far behind all the plants are and how yeah. and how many they have sort of turned their toes up basically uh, yes absolutely absolutely but here's the question actually let's should we dive straight into the gardening part of this program because we should because we, we are a gardening podcast <laughs> after we all, are a gardening podcast indeed indeed mm. so i have a question for you are you going to throw out now all of these plants? Are you throwing out the pittosporums? That's my question to you. Because Ooh. they haven't done so well this winter. Oh, now, listener, this is this is a curveball from Nina. Nina didn't tell me, did you, Nina? You were going no, to ask that. I didn't. Oh, <laughs> just and occurred to me. So you're going to audibly hear the cogs turn it can you audibly hear something I can well you know what I mean I can what is audibly here you can in real time here you know what I'm trying to say yes anyway that was a sort of general I would say no I'm just gonna carry on regardless because that was probably a one-off I mean I know there are all sorts of things happening um I'm not a climate change denier by any means however things are happening slowly and I do, as far as our gardens are concerned, in terms of, of what we can and can't plant. And every so often, you do get these fine old years. So I am going to plant pittosporum again. And actually, down at Rosemall in Devon, they're planting pittosporum again. So we just kind of kind of do it and see. And if it if it dies next year, then we'll know. Yeah. I, I, entire, I entirely agree with you. I am not going to stop planting pittosporums. I'm not even going to stop planting. I may even plant the old Hebe. You never know. Because I agree. I think this was a really freak set of weather occurrences. And and in fact, a lot of pittosporums have actually come back and made it through. So So no, I think this was a blip. And you're right. We'll see how it goes over the next couple of years. It's and very it, difficult. Was, mm. it was quite random. As, yes. for example, down at Rosemore again, there would be two pittosporum, pittosporums, pittospora, pittos, anyway, those, next Pitos. to each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, very cash. Next to each other. <laughs> and one had died and one hadn't. And I was telling our lovely friend, the friend of this podcast, James Alexander Sinclair, and he said, well, maybe one gave up its life for the other, which oh. I thought was, was kind of noble. Yes, that is noble. Anthropomorphization. Anthropo well, how do you say it? Mm. Of plants. Oh, wow. Don't ask me. That. <laughs> that. <laughs> Making them into humans. Well Indeed. they kind of well they kind of are. Anyway, so I think we all we'll just carry on and then we'll see. But it was freak. Basically, what had happened was and I've I've written about this on the on the Gardening Mind actual post this weekend. That yes. no, not this weekend, last week, whenever wherever time is, that 
basically they just couldn't get used to they didn't have time to acclimatize it was it was nice and warm one day well not warm mild 10 degrees mm, very and then mild. suddenly overnight minus 10 yeah. now you'd complain if it dropped 20 mm. and it stayed that way it stayed that way for a good week afterwards so yeah. they didn't have a chance to bounce back at all and and in fact lavenders rosemaries there's all sorts of things that have gone this year so yeah so I we will I, never I, stop I, planting lavender and rosemary so I think chin up and carry on and look on the bright side and other kind of buddhist statements I don't know it's look on the bright side of buddhist say did 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 who's who's the person who did, writes Mao Tung? no buddha 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 is the one that... <laughs> buddha is funnily enough <laughs> buddha is the one who wrote the teachings yeah. of buddha i don't yes. i don't think he said chin up and um no look on he the had side, he but... had quite a lot of chins buddha yeah so what the... he might have, well from from the statues i've seen of him do you think they rather... were they were direct likenesses I don't or, know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows what Buddha looked like? Who knows? Well, there are lots of statues of him, so presumably somebody yes. had an idea. Hmm. Well, <laughs> if anybody knows, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> because if I start looking at that, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of rabbit holes and yeah. and never come out. And do anyway, enough just... of it. Enough of it. <laughs> do you remember well, those of of nice words, talking about interesting words like mm. anthropomorphization the one you can't um, say what can you remind me what was the fantastic plural of octopus that you gave me on one of our oh, podcasts topody <gasps> which i loved which i loved and it just reminded me i saw i saw something on the, one of the social media which was the fact that did you know octopuses, octo- octopodes. octopodes, will randomly and for no apparent reason punch fish? Did you know this? <laughs> no, <laughs> and I, I didn't know this until I actually saw a little bit of footage of it happening. Did, did you feel a bit of an affinity with an octopus at that point, <laughs> then, Nina? <laughs> Just- thought it was funny i thought yeah they were invading his personal space clearly yeah. and uh and he just punched them yeah so, good old so this smack was in the thing. jaw so what was it that he punched just like a probe or yes. something i don't or know a... what the, the fish was but it just got Ooh. a good smack and and swam yeah. away mm. you kind of feel like that sometimes don't yeah. you i mean yeah exactly yeah like you say personal space somebody coming in wiggling their fingers in front of you going hello mr yes. octopus <laughs> yes Ouch. i would not like to encounter an octopus in fact i actually don't really like i don't like swimming in the sea at all because i don't like thinking about what is below me what well, you're not likely oh i don't know actually i was going to say swimming off the south coast you're unlikely to to bump into octopus and moray eels or are you I don't well, know. Not more eels, but, but I don't like anything. I don't like the whole idea of what's below me. I'm really we we have a mutual friend, don't we, who who has started free diving. Now, now free diving is where you go as deep as you can for as long as you can holding your breath, which utterly, utterly terrifies me. There's no way I could do anything like that. Could you? Shall we name and shame Rosie? I think <gasps> Rosie needs to come on the podcast and yeah. tell her, us why she thinks that 
going down in water further than you really should and further than 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 is than natural. is possible just or natural or anything else is a strange thing yeah. i'm oh it's got to be cold as well i yes. would think oh well, well but but rosie also is a fan of wild swimming so the cold doesn't doesn't really affect her i think Hmm. I think all those things, I think going down in the water, you know, on your own, kind of like under your own power further than you should, and going up in the air under your own power further than you should, is kind of not what we were built for. It's like fine for codfish and and seagulls, but but I would say... We are neither. No, we're neither fish nor fowl. Oh, yes. Do you think a seagull is a fowl? Well, I suppose it is. I like that, <laughs> Nina. It's very poetic. I do like But I that. totally, I totally I agree with you. It, the, these are, neither of these things are things that I would like to do at all. Ooh. So, yes, I agree with you. Rosie, we, we invite you onto the podcast to come and tell us why on earth you do these things. I think extreme sports are... Or something that I still haven't got my head around. But I imagine that I know it must give you a thrill. It's like when people say, why, you know, well, they climbed Everest because it gives them a, a thrill of doing Because it was there. That, that shouldn't be, yes. Because it was there. Mm. Yeah. I never see a mountain and think, oh, I need to get to the top of that. I just no. think, oh, that's nice. Yes. That's I like nice to look mountain. at things from afar. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with below. you on this one. On terra yeah. firma and at level zero, at ground level. Yes, I would say my my grandfather used to say to me, "The more firmer, the less terror." That's what I love that. Like that to you? <laughs> yes, I do. I think it's fab. I think it's really, 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 really good. You can have that one. So I've had a couple of people asking me, or to to bring back by popular demand the who we should be more slot because i don't think we've done that for a little while have we no we we kind of we we kind of um put it on sabbatical because um every time you asked me i just said simon lebon yes and... that's probably why yeah. yes so, so we have to but, but i think we have to we have to just bring this back by popular demand and um so go on then who do you have for this okay i i have i have one for this week which is i'm proposing that we should be more baxter the cat baxter your cat baxter my cat baxter 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 Baxter. everyone listening to this nina's cat is baxter baxter when nina takes baxter to the vet they say what's his first name baxter what's his surname baxter exactly exactly it's not even Oh, I know. I'm so sorry for butting in, Nina, but oh, no. it's not even like it was like it's an Icelandic. You know, it's not like Baxter Baxterson. Um, it's <laughs> maybe just... it should be. Maybe that's what we should call him. Yes, the Baxterson. There is. Baxter. I have to say, in my defence, that we didn't name him Baxter. He. <laughs> so, for listeners who don't know the story of Baxter the cat or haven't seen him, as he does have his own Instagram account, obviously. He, Baxter was a rescue cat and when he was, um, he was basically abandoned in a house. His owners moved away and left him behind. And when the new owners moved in, they had a dog and they didn't want him. So he was living on the street for a while. Poor 
Baxter. And then he was picked up by the Cats Protection. And I'd recently lost my old cat, Mrs. Miggins. And um, and uh, for Peter, oh, I'm, I'm worried why you're laughing about the fact you well, lost Mrs. Miggins. Oh no, I'm not laughing about the fact I lost poor Mrs. Miggins. It's the, the every time I tell people the name Mrs. Miggins, it makes me laugh. But and it ages me as well because obviously it's clearly a Blackadder reference. Um, but I had lost poor Mrs. Miggins, and um, so I was looking on the cat's protection site, and I saw Baxter. And I thought, oh. well, it's it's meant to be. And if it you remember, if you remember, Joe, we were together and I was we were discussing whether or not we should rename Baxter the cat. And we were coming up with all sorts of names. And your favourite name, I seem to remember, was as a sort of homage well, to David Bowie. It, it, it was because, right, let's go back to the beginning of this story, is that the cat, when you saw the photo... Baxter the cat seemed to have two eyes that were different colours. That's right. But in fact, he doesn't. And... But yes, that was what we thought. <laughs> Actually, so it's good job. Actually, the whole point of the rest, the whole of the rest of the story is totally irrelevant, everyone then. But he looked like he had two different coloured eyes. And so first of all, we thought we should call him David Bowie, but thought yes. that was a bit stupid. And then and then I said, well, why don't you name him after a David Bowie song? And the first one I came up with was John I'm Only Dancing. Yes. Which, yes, which <laughs> I thought was a brilliant name for a cat, John I'm Only Dancing. Until, until we kind... pointed out that calling John I'm Only Dancing, John I'm Only Dancing out the door <laughs> when we wanted him to come in may have been a bit um, weird. I think he would have got to know the um, the kind of the, the the rhythm of that little call. In my mind, when I see him, I, I think, oh, John, I'm only dancing. How are do you, you still? Do you still yeah. think that? In my, uh, secretly, I secretly do. But so, um, <laughs> he is a very nice cat. A cat that's more like a dog, which is a, which is he a is very a cat fine that's thing more like a dog. It is. But, and it's part of the reason I'm putting him forward. I'm proposing him that we should be more him oh. because oh. he's, he is quite chilled out. He does like a good sleep. He knows what he likes, but he is this kind of combination cat dog and I like that about him in that he is he is he crosses over he he has a foot in it in two camps which make any sense (laughs) was very acrobatic of him (laughs) yeah I'm listening to all of this and I'm not you know I'm not belittling or dismissing in any way and I'm going to obviously you know this is this is going to we each have our turns with this and that's absolutely fine um and it's whatever it is what is it when it's when it's democratic when everybody has a right that one however what I'm worried about is that if there is if there's a listener who's taking us you know really taking us seriously unlikely I suppose however unlikely you know trying to be you know going around being a bit more like a cat you know you're going to end up with with someone dressed up like a cat oh did you see was it a Japanese person who's got a full-on dog costume I know that sounds kinky well I mean it probably is kinky it's not yeah. like a sort of no, I haven't like seen a that. fake dog no it's a proper he's paid thousands and thousands of pounds for a for a life-like dog costume what, what for plastic <laughs> surgery no, it's a costume. It's not permanent. Oh, but he, okay. He, um, okay. he he puts it on sometimes to to make himself happy. I don't know. Well, no, I, know, I think we have to grab like a, happiness where we can, don't we, in this life? Walk around like a massive Alsatian. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. 
Okay, so we're going to be more Baxter in that, on that note. On that, we will. On that note. We will be more Baxter. Yeah. Well, you um, wouldn't catch Baxter free diving or, or skydiving. Well, so. this is true. Sensible. Staying, staying away from cold water. Exactly. Exactly. So I haven't seen my piebald squirrel recently in the garden, so I don't know what's become of him. But um, I was reading an article the other day about just what an absolute menace squirrels are in the garden and how many trees they kill and it's something I hadn't really realized and because they're kind of cute and they've got their little hands and they hold the nut and they eat the nut with their little hands and we all think they're really cute and fluffy nobody wants to cull them but apparently they are becoming an absolute problem for trees they were always a problem no well, they probably were, but it's not something that's really entered my consciousness. It's not like I've been in a garden that has lost a tree because of a squirrel. How do you know? How do they know it's squirrel damage? What do they do? Do they nibble it? What do I, I think they must ring bark it. I mean, in much the same and way. And that as means if anybody, and... if anybody doesn't know what ring bark means, it means taking all the bark of stripping the bark around the bottom of the yeah. tree yeah. in a circle that's what which that is what deer and rabbits do so i mean i imagine that must be the reason but it's not something i've ever come across but i did read an article about and of course i can't remember the details obviously but they were there is a really huge number of trees that are lost as a result so it made me feel a bit differently about poor old piebald the squirrel in the well, eucalyptus tree I'm I'm quite surprised here that you're as fond of squirrels as you're saying you are because <laughs> yeah I mean I've never thought of them as particularly darling obviously the red ones are, are lovely but yeah, well kind of well they usually are trying to nick food from the bird feeder I mean it is extraordinary watching a squirrel in action isn't it it is I mean the acrobatics yeah. and the lengths they'll go to to yeah. work out what they need Yes, absolutely. But they are a pain mm. when it comes to bulbs, for sure. But so, I do find them fascinating. Nina, I'm feeling there's a whole new area for you to explore. Perhaps you could be a, a you do some research. You could start a PhD in, in I don't know, squad, something to do with squirrels. And then you'd be a doctor in squirrels as well as a doctor in cats. For, <laughs> because those people, newcomers to this, don't know that, that Nina is a qualified cat psychiatrist or whatever you are. Psychologist. Psychologist. (laughs) Cats don't come to you and say they're having problems with their wives. That's right. Exactly. No, it's... I mean, it was a course that I did during lockdown and I, I can't I can't give it a huge amount of validity, I have to say. But yes, I do have a I have a certificate. I mean, surely that's enough. I know, a right, certificate is a good thing. Hmm, I know. I, I think I will. I will explore squirrels more and become some sort of some sort of squirrel expert. You could be a double doctor. Yeah. Double doctor. And people would say you'll be Nina Baxter, whatever, MD, SQ cat and people will say what's that for phd and you'll say squirrels and cats squirrels and cats and like and then we'll have to think of it think of a um i don't know this is not for a podcast is it me sitting here thinking of a good name for your for your cat and squirrel um uh uh special no but i want you to continue thinking and, and tell us next time and if anybody can think of it and in the meantime i'll try and get my words in the right order which would be a novelty uh that would be good Right, well, I've got my task set out for me. If you could do a a 
if you could spend three years going and researching something, somebody said to you, right, here's a whole lot of money, not loads, mm. you know, enough to live on. And so you wouldn't go with that. What, what, what do you go? And you've got to do it. Then they, the, the, the stipulation would be that you'd have to go and research something. What would you research? Oh, my goodness me. What would I research? I might go and research something to do with big cats. Like, oh. yeah, something in what, like the wild. Big, big, like proper big cats, not like proper just big cats, but big, no, bigger, like, no, like lions. Big cats, things. like, yes, like, like some sort of endangered big cat species. I've always wanted to go down to the big cat sanctuary somewhere. I think it's in Kent. Oh, weirdly, mm. randomly somewhere in Kent. They've, yeah, there is. There's a whole place where there are like. That's it. The big puma. cat sanctuary, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to go there. So so I think I might do that. What what would you do for three years? Um, I, just, I really, I realised as the words were coming out of my mouth, that I really hoped you wouldn't ask me because I don't have a clue. I don't know. I don't have a clue. That was a really stupid question. And I'm glad you answered it because I, I can't. I don't know. Coffee bars in central Rome. <laughs> and and their effect on on the culture of Italians who live there. There you, you go. You don't even That's drink coffee. It doesn't matter. I'd sit and have a glass of water or a cup of tea or an Aperol, depending on the time of day. Yes, because tea in Italy, you just don't even want to go there. Tea anywhere. And I'm not going to be xenophobic about this and name names, but I... Oh, I do you know, I'm becoming like um, an aunt and uncle of mine were an Italian aunt and uncle who came to visit us in the UK and brought with them their coffee machine and <gasps> their coffee. And I thought they were bonkers. When I say coffee machine, I mean the little espresso maker. Oh, the you espresso know, maker. Not, I know what you mean. Not a, yeah. not a great big a stove know, maker. Thing. No. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So one for the stove. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, my goodness. No, I think I would be that person. I need my travel kettle and uh, and my tea bags. Yeah. I sort of agree with you. Tea morning. is very important. And if it's well, not done it is, correctly. It is for us, isn't it? It's important it, it for us. It is for us. It is Clearly it is. important. Nowhere else in the world. Yeah. Are there, is there anywhere else that's a big tea drinking population? India. Tea with milk. Oh, tea with milk. I don't know. No, that's a good question. Again, if anyone knows the answer to that, let us know. Why did we start putting milk into tea? Maybe to make it less hot. You know, like you sometimes put an ice cube in a, if you've made a herbal tea and you yes. do it with boiling water and it's just too ouch, ouch to drink it straight away. Yes. Put an ice cube in. There you are. Handy hint, everybody. And maybe people did that just to take the edge off the the temperature. Maybe it was that. Who knows? Mm. And we're clearly the only people doing because if you go to any other country, they look on us like we've just come up on the down train yeah. when we say, can we have some milk in? And you'll be given, alternately, depending on where you are, hot, frothy, steamed milk, UHT in little pots, oh. half and half. And I don't even know what half and half is, oh. but that, wherever it is, or 
or or something or some powder like a sachet of powdered oh, milk powdered Ooh. milk and, but those and that and uht those little tiny things that when you when you open them it splurges everywhere they it should explodes be banned. they should be banned well you've got yeah. so i'm talking about the little so yes those little cartons but yes. then and then now you've got those long thin plastic sachets yes. that you have to rip the end off but you can never quite rip the end off and no. actually when you do when you get because that the power that you need there's a fine line <laughs> between well no not a fine line there's a sweet point isn't there between you know the, the being too pathetic with opening it thinking oh I might shoot this over myself and everybody else especially my neighbor next to me um and actually doing that yes and then the middle bit where you where you do open it without upsetting your neighbor and it's a they should just be banned they should just be banned whenever we go to a hotel we actually do we ask for fresh milk from downstairs and this is nina talking about her and matt nina and i don't often go off to hotels together we we, me and my husband we do like to but then of course the problem editor matt the problem then becomes how do you keep the milk cool so what we do tend to, what we tend to do is depending on the time of year is we put it outside on the windowsill if it's a north face. That's hotel. like being at college, isn't it? Having the windowsill, <laughs> yeah, putting out, putting your milk out on the windowsill, and that way nobody else would drink it either. Which well, of course, yes, exactly. That reminds the, me. That it reminds me of a time when we went to France and we bought a camembert cheese for Matt's grandmother many years ago when she was still alive, and we were coming back. We brought it back and we had it in the fridge and it was impossible to keep in the fridge absolutely stuck oh. the fridge out so we had to put it on the windowsill and and we promptly left it there and forgot about it for quite a while it's probably still there it's probably still there somewhere in Chiswick yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably grown because it will have molded won't it it will have been, yeah. it's probably like attached itself oh. to the windowsill and it's now become it's become this big mass of yeah it might be yeah. Maybe it's alive. Maybe it's kind of morphed into sort of a cheese creature. A living mm. cheese creature. Mm. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to picture that. What does that living cheese cheese creature do, Nina? What does it do? I'm like, come on, tell us more about the living cheese creature. <laughs> I, think, I think it might haunt the building where we used oh, to live. I love that. That's, yeah. that's an imagination. You can tell you're a creative type, don't you? <laughs> do you? Do you, as well as your creative skills, are you? Do you have kind of techie skills? So, no. what do you think about if you were at school now and you were told that you had to do maths till A level? Oh, very topical. <laughs> what would you say about I'd that? I'd say stick it where the sun doesn't shine. <gasps> I'm afraid. Fighting talk. Yeah. No, yeah. I wouldn't do that. I think it's silly. I, we don't talk politics on this show, but No, but I know, I but just generally, it's not yeah, quite generally. Politics, no, no, it's a bit round. Generally, um no, I wouldn't have been happy with that. I I was I was sort of okay at maths until I got to the age of about 12 or 13 and then I started to <laughs> what, when, panicking it, when, when about it went it. past adding. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah, when you had to start doing difficult things. And um and at that point, I just found it all of a, it, it panicked me. The entire thing panicked me. But mm. um, but I managed to kind of, you know, I got an O level in it. And that was quite enough. Thank you very much for me. Yeah, that's enough. And then you spent your A level years learning about other stuff that yes. the mathematicians don't know. 
And when they need to know it, they come and ask you. Well, exactly. Like and if and I need a mathematician, I will go and ask somebody who knows yeah. about maths. Same here. Yep. I yep. absolutely do. Oh, spreadsheets. I mean, I know that's not quite maths <laughs> because in theory it does the maths for you, but it still doesn't. It's still technical. I'm not allowed near spreadsheets because I break no. them. No, you're not. I do actually, funnily enough, I don't mind a spreadsheet. But like you say, it's nothing to do with maths, really. Spreadsheets are just that's, logic. That's a sort of an organised, well, logic. That that yeah. would be that would be <laughs> nice to have a bit of that as well, really, wouldn't it? Yes. I know it's the sort of thing that makes you scream and run for the hills but um what logic and no no spreadsheets and... spreadsheets with yeah. figures and yeah look like this they make me shiver i'm sitting here shivering at the, the, yeah. the, the okay well let's, let's move I'm on not i am not going to be to doing i'm not going to be doing that at the weekend my plans for the weekend Tell are me. as yet undecided they will involve not doing any work Ah, wonderful. Any work, not at all. Because for, and and anybody who's self-employed will know this. Anybody who's listening will understand. Basically, you're self-employed. You've got to do it. And you've got to do it whenever it's it's done. And if that involves seven days a week, which sometimes in high season, it's sometimes off. Well, no, all year round, it's seven days a week. But sometimes it gets more than sort of 12 hours a day. And it's a lot, isn't it? So I have decided that I'm not going to do anything this this weekend as far as work's concerned and partly that's because I've finished my book in oh, theory let's, I have yes, finished let's talk about writing this. my book I think that is something to be celebrated extremely and I, I am so the relief and how is it that I have Deadline after deadline after deadline in my head, which I've moved because they weren't the real deadline. And yet I've only managed to stick to the actual real deadline. What what bit of my silly brain? My brain has sort of <laughs> fights with itself. My brain kind of tries and outwits my brain, to outwit yes. my brain. Do you see what I mean? I do I completely see what you mean. I mean. No, I can't see what It's you mean. a complete waste of time. But I do I think in all of this, oh maybe, maybe this is where this is where the ideas are, are happening because I just knew I've set myself a deadline of I am not going to be doing any more of this book by this coming weekend because it's just daft. You know, I need a weekend where where I'm I'm doing some fun stuff. And also that was the real deadline set by the publishers. Yeah. And it happened. Eventually it happened. It happened. I was writing it on finishing it on a train finishing it on another journey and um well when I say it's sort of finished I mean I've got the ideas down and now I just need to edit them because another thing that I have discovered is writing by hand whatever it's called <laughs> what's it called when you write with a pen handwriting yeah handwriting yeah. as a pe- look god it's so like not done now that I couldn't remember the word for it yeah but writing you as to you're supposed it? to write as opposed to doing I think the problem is because I don't touch type the whole process is just so awful anyway. Whereas actually written written it by hand on pieces of paper, which I'm kind of hoping, obviously the one scary thing in all of this is it's quite easy to lose a piece of paper. Um, and then I'll yeah. edit it as I type it up. And Bob, once more, uh, is your uncle. Very, very good. So you've, so longhand, you're talking about writing longhand. longhand. Yeah, Ooh. like what we used to do in the olden like days. the olden days, well. Anyway, I'd love to know if anyone else still writes longhand. The great thing is, 
my handwriting, which looked like a terrible scrawl at the beginning. Um, do you remember those those letters that were published of King Charles's? No, that no. time sort of that were handwriting they, anyway I did think I did yeah. think and people were rude about his handwriting and I thought oh they're not going to be much better about mine but actually after writing thousands of words it all started looking a bit better and I was particularly pleased mm. with a with a with my f's my letter f's for Freddie which have like a little bit of a flourish now <laughs> very nice and it, and it reminded me of little flourishes that we used to add to our handwriting yeah, yeah. do you remember doing that I do I remember experimenting with g's yes. and y's and j's and things I think that was my problem though is that I never actually landed on one that I wanted so I I tended to to move between styles within words and yeah. pages and I don't think that was very good so my handwriting was never particularly good. But I agree with you. Do you feel that when you write by hand, that it gives your brain a bit more of a chance to think about what you're writing? Yeah. It's a massive connection. It's so weird. Mm. And I don't know quite how it works, but the words came out better. Yeah. That's I think I'm it's the saying. same. I think it's the same with designing. So, so you and I designing gardens. I find that I have to do everything by hand first. I think probably most designers do, don't they? I think, yeah. I think designing on a computer, there's just that degree of separation between you and the actual yeah. creative thing. Whereas and, designing on a piece of paper. Yes, there's a connection between your brain yeah. and your hand, definitely. And it's also amazing the number of times you draw you draw a circle and then you need to do something, for example, that's a third or a third of the way along something or whatever it what? is you're drawing. I don't know and, what you mean. What do you mean? Well, so, for example, you know, you always sort of want to be working in the golden ratio, whatever it is. But the, the number oh, of times that you, you draw something and then you come to have it drawn up on the, in CAD, on the computer... And it's amazingly, you're almost perfect with your brain measurements. Um, anybody who's listening who's puzzled, I'm puzzled as well. But Nina <laughs> well, we knows what she means. That's no, okay. No, no, let's leave it. Let's <laughs> leave it because Nina knows what she means. And somebody out there might know what she means too. I kind of know. Basically, it means that your brain, you're saying that your brain does the calculation by itself without having to resort to 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 rulers and contractors and everything else. yes yes exactly yeah. yeah and yes i i agree with you and maybe it is the same thing then because i certainly well i certainly can't design on a on a computer so maybe maybe it's the same thing in the same way talking about now we're talking about good old-fashioned things like handwriting yes and drawing as well i'll find that garden design clients my garden design clients anyway prefer a sort of a sketchy visual as opposed to something that looks super perfect photorealistic that's promising all sorts but which you know full well the garden will never look like that what do you think yeah I I tend to agree I think it's going to depend on the client I wonder whether I wonder whether younger people are going to go for that a bit more but I certainly I would agree with you. I think people like that. I mean, there was a time when everything was done by hand and people used to put the designs on their wall, you know, sort of frame them and put them on the wall and yeah. be proud of them. But, um, you know, you wouldn't do that now with computer-generated graphics, would you? So, mm. there, so I think I agree with you. 
I think I think we should go back to the old ways. Let's let's embrace the old ways again. Let's embrace the old ways. And that's reminded me the old ways. So the old ways is a book by Robert McFarlane. And it's a very good book. And the reason why I'm talking about it is because Farah's store on Substack, which is the platform that hosts this podcast before it yeah. sends it out to Apple and everything else. Okay. Uh, I did a Q&A with Farah the other day and it's on her Substack, which is called Things Worth Knowing. Mm. And it was a really, it was one which I thought about a lot. And it was kind of, it wasn't Desert Island Discs, it was kind of that kind of, you know, if you had 24 hours on Earth, where would you, you know, what would you do and how would you do it? And one of her, th- one of her, um, her questions was, which book do you think everybody should read? And my f- initial response was, Arthur Marshall's life rich life's rich pageant oh. I don't know if you remember Arthur Marshall who used to host yes um what did he used to host um, oh I'm sorry I haven't a clue but something like was that was it um oh the one Just where they minute. may have been lying call my bluff was it call my bluff call my that's bluff. right that was Arthur. I love anyway, that so it's a collection of his writings and sort of newspaper articles and it's so lovely and silly and funny and gentle and then I was thinking oh I should be serious as well so um and it is about 100 years old but then I thought Robert McFarlane I don't know if any of you have ever read now that is a magical book The Old Ways where he sets himself off on journeys around he finds old routes so paths and drovers ways drovers ways are, are places the way they used to sort of drive cattle along and that kind of I mean like mm. drive them like push them not not in cars and then these extraordinary routes that go out to sea there's one that goes off off Essex out into the water and you can only take it at a certain time of the day and lots of people die doing it I can't remember what it's called but it's really good and it's such a good book I definitely and he writes in such a beautiful way that honestly everybody any you know I think most people would enjoy it and I read because during lockdown which we won't talk about too much but anyway but three years ago I found reading novels really hard because reality was weird enough but Mm -hmm. reading reading stuff like that was just you know sort of nature really nature writing but kind of what do they call it landscape literature yeah I don't know if they do I've just made that up Uh, Well, they should do if they don't already. But that sounds fascinating. I think I will. I will explore that. I will. It's a really good book. I think that might be one of my rich pickings to explore. Is that your rich picking? My rich picking is don't ever get fond of a squirrel because (laughs) they they are varmints, as they say, and um, and they're pesky pesky little nuisances. I know they are pesky. I'm really conflicted over squirrels. Really conflicted. I, I need to go and explore. I need to go and study them, and then I'll be able to give you chapter and verse. Conflicted. And actually, is that a new way of saying I have a conflict between? I'm not picking you up on your because oh. I, I I hear a lot of people <laughs> saying it now. I am conflicted. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I'm conflicted. No, no, yeah. I think you're right. But I'm just wondering whether it's a. Is it? I don't think new? it's new. I don't think it's necessarily new. But I shall ask Editor Matt because he's the arbiter of these yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm not saying, as I said, that's me. I'm not being critical at all. I was just interested for, mm. a, for, a, for a moment. Well, I think it's a phrase that's been around, I think. We can look into it. Mm. Righty-ho. So 
What other rich? Any other rich pickings before we sign? I would say, yeah, my other rich picking. I think, although I've I've picked it from myself. Well, that sounds really gross, but anyway, I've (laughs) I've plucked the picking from my mind, which is I'm going to carry on writing longhand. That's what I'm going to do, and I'll see. I mean, it could just be the novelty, you know, Nina. It really could just be the novelty, and it's yet another way to avoid doing stuff. But for the moment, I'm going longhand. Well, I think that's great. See where the wind. You're going to get that. You're going to get that lump back on the middle on your middle finger aren't you that we used to have at school when we used to write all yep. the time I've still got it yeah I think I I've, still, still... I've still got a, a small one but yes I think it goes it down scars you there. for life yeah, yeah. Does, doesn't it but and it used to have a ridge so I had the lump and then when you wrote it also had the ridge like if you did an exam for four a four hour written exam <laughs> yes you'd actually have the ridge of the pen embedded oh. in that lump wouldn't yeah. you yeah yes oh, yeah absolutely deforming. I know now you'd be you, you could sue for that now, couldn't you? <laughs> yes, major. I don't know. I don't know if people still write in exams anymore. Do they do? Do mm. people still do exams on on paper? Please, could they tell us? Yes, please write in. Write in. <laughs> or, or yes, write long in. Hand. Write us a write long, long hand. Letter. <laughs> write a real letter. Well, thank you for joining us on Rich Pickings again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.